Echo 5, do you copy? Echo 5. Echo 2, good morning. Nice of you to drop by. Feeling alright, sir? Thought we lost you. Right now, I feel like I can take off this whole podcast myself. Ah, I know what you mean. Ready to send that transmission to Echo Base? Yes, sir. R10, pass through. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Hoth Transmissions. This is Echo Two here with <laughs> here with Echo Five. Hello, everybody. All right, guys. So you know we're going through season one of the Mandalorian. So I believe we left off on episode four, which was the the sanctuary. The sanctuary, and so now we're jumping on to the next one, where Mando gets stuck on Tatooine. Yeah, nostalgic episode. Yeah, it was actually really cool because it kind of had like a similar feel to, uh, I want to say, the Phantom Menace, where they get in like this space battle. They're trying to escape Naboo, get past the Trade Federation, they get damaged oh, yeah. uh, engine. And so, what's the planet that they're closest to that they got to land on? Tatooine. Yeah, it's always the the sort of uh, kind of safe safe spot, Switzerland. Yeah. Pretty much, and it's it's kind of a nice little nod back to the prequels, kind of giving us like a little uh, nostalgic view. And that's one thing I've noticed with the Mandalorian is that they do a lot of new stuff with a lot of nostalgia, which is yeah, which is fun. Yeah, it's a lot of it's actually a lot of fun. Um, I just like how the episode just started out. He's just like just chilling in space, flying in space, and then you see that he's getting attacked. He's already being tracked by another bounty hunter. So. Yeah. That was a fun. That 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 ship kind of looked like a. It, have, it actually had a Naboo look to it too. The That's true. Ship. It did actually, and the guy kinda, yeah. actually looked similar as well. Yeah, it kind of had that. I don't know if he was like a bounty hunter from Naboo, but it, yeah, you never know. He like you said, it had that look, and then the ship had the very similar style to Naboo with the kind of um, the circular um, area of the wing on each side. Like it had that same like the the Naboo starfighter and the. The Nubian, um, the silver one from um, Phantom Menace, they fly had the same True. kind of style. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, I, I like I like when uh, I like how the bounty hunter used his line. Uh, he said he's like I, I could bring you warm or I can bring you cold, and and then uh, Din Djarin's like, hey, that's my line, and blows him up. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought it was pretty funny. They, they got a little bit of humor in there. It's kind of it's pretty cool. Um, so going into this episode. Um, Thinking back to the first time you saw it, what were you really expecting out of it? Like, um, I I didn't know because I at this point they were, um, uh, like we talked about before, they kind of wrapped up uh, the whole thing about the asset. He gets the asset, he uh, brings him back, and then decides to uh, to rescue him. Decides he kind of has a change of change of heart, and uh, and then we get the the sanctuary episode where he goes and kind of takes a break and by this episode i had no idea where they were going to go with the story uh, lands on tatooine i was i was obviously hoping to see some some uh fan service i kind of expected it um but the ultimate goal by the end of it i was i honestly didn't know where they were going with it um i had a blast in this episode though just there, there was a lot of fun stuff in here 
um, a lot of callbacks to, like I said, the prequels and um, and also the the original Star Wars, kind of like Tatooine in the second season too, where we saw Anakin's pod racer, we saw you know pit droids in this one, so a callback to the prequels, and then we got to see, of course, Mos Eisley spaceport, um, a lot of stuff. You know, it it was really cool, a nice little mesh of prequel, original, and and even new stuff. Very true. Very true. Um, yeah, I remember because in second season when they go to Tatooine, they kind of focusing on like the Kray Dragon and kind of like the similar stuff of that. And this one, we get a little bit of hints of Mos Espa. He goes to Mos Eisley, yeah. and you see a Cantina yeah, you get, that you, get you a see a bunch of, of droids. You get a, you get a couple Mos Espa references um, from uh, you get one from Pelimato and you get one from uh, from Fennec too. That's right. That's right. I forgot Palimedo says something. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, trying to remember, I, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what she said in that one, um, in particular, but, uh, I, I do remember she mentioned Moss Espa at one point. Um, but, uh, oh, you know what I'm thinking, you know what, I, I might be thinking season two where the, you see the map, um, when, 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 uh, uh, when Mando's, uh, trying to find the, the Mandalorian, and Pele Mato shows him that map of of uh, Tatooine, and she's like, "Here's Mos Espa, and then over here is Mos Pelago." <laughs> oh yeah, that was I in uh, season two. I, I might be having a mixed up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was all done in season two, which is really cool. That one was season two, but Fen- Fennec mentioned uh, Mos Espa because she had a job. She said she was going to do over there, and she was she was bribing a uh, uh, Tora Calican. You know, she helped him out. If he helped her out, then. She'd hook him up with some of the some of the earnings. <laughs> what do you think of that character, by the way? Uh, Tora? Yeah. Tora um, Calican? Uh, yeah. You know, he's a little goofy. You know, at first, I, he's all right, man. I mean, I, he's not my favorite character. Um, he's kind of uh, he, he's kind of interesting because you're not sure. He's he's real green in the beginning of the episode. And uh, by the end of it, he kind of actually has some wit to him. So True. that was kind of, that was kind of uh, you know interesting. Uh, I, at first, at first, I thought he was just going to be completely clueless and the way they kind of played him off. But uh, you know, by the end of the uh, episode, he was a little. He was. He, I mean, he's not. He's no Boba Fett or you know Dinjarin or Ara Singh, but he uh, definitely uh, had some intelligence. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a rookie, and he. I don't know. For me, he seemed just a little inc- incapable. And I think that's why he hired a uh, Mando in the first place. You know the the episode kind of it, it kind of mirrors a classic John Wayne movie called The Searchers. Okay. Uh, where John Wayne takes kind of like a rookie, and they end up having dealings with uh, uh, na- uh, Native Americans, and, okay. and it's kind of similar to the Tuscan Raiders, and to where the the rookie kind of. Uh, doesn't really, you know, he doesn't trust the Native Americans like a lot of the cowboys didn't. But John Wayne's like, hey, these guys are cool. You know, I can talk their language. I can negotiate with these guys, kind of like how Ben Jaren would uh, would talk to the uh, Tuscans with the sign language, which is the first time we saw that whole type of communication, by the way. We had never that seen that true. before. That was fun. <laughs> that is true. That is actually one thing that I really did like about this episode. It's like when I saw it for the first time, I saw the Tuscan Raiders. I'm like, oh, man, okay. So he's. He's like, oh, why don't you ask them themselves? And the Tuscans are there. I wasn't actually expecting Amanda to actually be able to negotiate and communicate with them. No, yeah, it was cool. No and fun. then he's like, 
I just I thought it was funny. He's like, oh, let me see your binoculars. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he tossed it to the squares. Those were now. <laughs> and then it was like, yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> no, that was that was that was fun. I love. Uh, so I, I guess we we would kind of uh, assume that Din Djarin's been to Tatooine before because he can speak the language of the Tuscans and he mentions Womp Rats. You know, I he, mean, you gotta of... you gotta imagine his character. He's like a bounty hunter, so I'm sure he travels all over the place. He has sure. to learn like the languages of all the local planets and everything, even and be able to communicate with them. Because I'm I'm sure he's had to have dealings with the Tuscan Raiders for one mission or two before. Yeah. No, definitely. And I I know one thing. One thing I noted when I saw the episode last time is uh, Calican. I, I believe it's Calican. They, they, they mentioned that the uh, speeders that they ride on are Corellian speeders, which I thought was kind of, kind of a nice little, nice little call. To, oh, uh, that is true. That is true. And, and a Cal, I, I don't know where Calican's from, but I would imagine he's probably, he seems like he'd be from Corellia. He kind of has a little bit of a Han Solo-ish touch to him, but not as witty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, <laughs> I was so. gonna say you're actually uh, right on that. That kind of does remind me of him a little bit. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the the solo movie, just like people you'd see in that planet, just the way they act. Um, you know, just I could be wrong, but uh, I'm I, I would think I, I I'd have to look that up on um, look look up where he's from, but I would think he's from Corelli. He reminds me of someone who would be from Corelli. Could be wrong, but I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I'm actually curious of how they got his whole character. Um, they don't yeah. really have a uh, much detail on where he's from. It just says where he's di- where he died. He just died. Think... <laughs> yeah, he just yeah he just died out in the. Was that the Dune Sea where they were at? I think it might have been. I know because uh, he mentioned. Oh no no he died in uh, Mos Eisley, but where they were. Oh my gosh, you're right. That's I'm thinking of uh, Fennec where Fennec supposedly died, presumably died, but then showed up yeah. later. He di- he dies when he goes back and uh, yeah, when when uh, the Jaren, he actually uses when he kills he uses that flashbang on um, on Calican when oh well, yeah uh, he uses that flashbang the same it's it's funny because he they use that trick together on Fennec to to get her and then he didn't learn because then uh, you know didn't didn't use it again when uh, when Calican had uh, Pelimato and and and. Baby Yoda, aka Grogu, uh, held hostage. <laughs> Pretty so. much, I like, I like how many callbacks they have. Like they yeah. they do a lot of like build up for a lot of the the stuff they do, which I actually find really fascinating. You, you like, know, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like in like the episodes before, they like introduce like some new weapon, and it's like, oh yeah, that's cool, and then it becomes important later on. Sure, like the, the and you don't even expect rifles. it. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, those were the same weapons that they used in like the prequel area for the Senate guards. I didn't same? actually. Yeah, they have. They mentioned them in the Clone Wars. They. they oh, interesting. Yeah, the MK modified rifle, and then and then they 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 mention it again later. I think in um, in in season two, when they're uh, on episode six, when they're um, they've they, when they've got. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't I can't even think right now. When when they when they go in and uh, try to find out where Grogu is, and Dinjarin goes in with uh, what can I think of his name? Comedian. The oh Bill Burr. Bill Burr, yeah. What the heck? I'm I'm like try, totally drawing blank. But when they when they go in there, they're talking about like the type of artillery that they have, 
that, he, that the enemy has. Mm-hmm. And um, they, uh, they have MK modified rifles there too. So it's kind of one that they use throughout the series. Oh, that's interesting. You know that the um, we were talking earlier about how we were wondering if Calican was from Corellia and has a little bit of a Han Solo touch to him. Now I think yeah. about it, it seems like he's sitting in the same chair that Han Solo is sitting in when he shoots Greedo. The whole Han shot first classic thing, and he's kind of kicking oh, back. Oh, that's with, right. You're... He's he's kind of kicking back with his feet up, and it just seems it. it I believe it's the same spot. I think it might be because I actually did notice that the first first time I watched it, I was yeah. like, "Oh, this looks very familiar." And he has that same kind of kick back look, you know. Hey, Mando, you know, <laughs> trying to be all cool. Keyword trying. Oh, this is my first job. You can keep the money, all of it. I just need this to get into the guild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of cool that they kind of you got a little bit of like history on the guild. Like you kind of like realize that there's like. Not anybody can just join the guild. It's like, oh, just wake up one morning. Yeah, I'm a good bounty hunter. Let me just walk down to the guild to get a job. Sure. They're like, nope. All right. You got to complete this mission. And if you can complete this, then we'll accept you. Yeah. No, that's, it's, uh, it's definitely not something you just walk into. That's for sure. Did you, did you catch, um, so when, when, when he was talking about the, the bounty hunter that he's going after, they want to help to go, to go track down and, and, and capture uh, Calican when he was trying to get help from Dinjarin in uh, Mos yeah. Eisley's port, the the cantina in Mos Eisley. Uh, he <laughs> he talks about the bounty hunter that they're going to go after, and he's like, "Oh, she's out beyond the Dune Sea." So they have like these funny little references sometimes, um, like like quotes from the originals that they kind of threw in there too, which is kind of fun. <laughs> okay, what'd you notice? Well, I'm 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 just saying that he says that line. When the bounty hunter's out there, and he's just like, "Oh, uh, she's out beyond the dune sea," you know, like uh, kind of how, um, like Luke, like Luke, he's like, "Oh, uh, you know," uh, he's just a uh, uh, big question. Big question. What did you think about the end scene when um, after they shot Fennec, and you see a person walking up? Did you think it was Bubba Fett? That was kind of the that was the popular guess. I mean, every, most people are right. But did you think it was anybody else at the time? I mean, I wanted to think it was somebody else, but a lot of the hints were drawn towards Boba Fett, mainly because I, on, on both sides, like back when they first announced Mandalorian, they're like, oh yeah, uh, Boba Fett's never going to make an appearance in The Mandalorian. And so I was yeah. like, okay, so that's going to be out. So, But when the guy's walking up, it's those, the, the sound of his boots and the, 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 spurs. the metal and the spurs. Yeah, totally sounded like Boba Fett, which you can hear back in uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Sure. And so they're very similar. So I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You have to really the, listen to that that dinner scene when he he walks in with Vader, and you kind of have to wait till the other uh, surrounding sound kind of quiets down, and you actually hear the Spurs. And it's uh, I didn't notice that the first time, uh, or the first couple times I watched it before season two. I was first watching season one. I I mean it was pretty. Um, they they really emphasize on that sound on that scene too, and I think that was kind of the hint. But I think a lot of people don't know about that the whole spur thing. So only really diehard fans would have caught that, you know. This is true. So because uh, I didn't I didn't catch it in the beginning. I didn't either. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, obviously we we knew it was him. But 
Did you did you uh, did you assume it was him, or did you think it was possibly somebody else? I was all you know. I, I thought it might have been Gideon. Honestly, the first time I saw it, I was like, that's ah, Boba Fett. Just that's what everybody wants. But it's it's uh, you know then they're gonna have to go on some sidetrack story. They're trying to do a specific story here with Mando. I don't think that uh, they'll bring Boba Fett in, and I think it's just Moff Gideon. But yeah, it was Boba Fett. <laughs> so. Yeah, because that's what I thought too. Because I thought that they were going to kind of keep it separate. Kind of like, okay, they're going to just introduce new characters. Sure. This guy probably just has the armor of both that, or at least pieces of it, maybe just his boots. So they're just doing this just to throw us off. And it's like, oh my gosh, this Bill Fett. And then somebody walks yeah. up. Nope, it's not him. <laughs> I, uh, I loved, I loved when they, um, when he arrived at Tatooine and he walks in the Moss Eisley Spaceport or the Moss Eisley Cantina. He called the Moss Eisley Spaceport, which they did. They, I like how they have that little reference. They land in Docking Bay 35. It's true. Uh, it's Docking Bay 94 in A New Hope. But it was just kind of fun to see another Docking Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool to be able to see like the different Docking Bays and stuff. How they kind of like hint and kind of give us like a little bit more wide view of the whole city. Yeah, just a fun little expansion, you know. Um, but I love when he sees uh, the EV 99 droids that are serving at the bar instead of. Uh, oh yeah. We got we it was uh, it was uh, Wur, uh, Wur, it's like W H, E R, um, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Woo her, um, Woo her, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite. That's still one of my favorite action figures in my collection. The the ninety the nineteen ninety nine, uh, Green Power of the Forest contact chip figure. The Woo her. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, that one's awesome. I and that I, was I, just I, a really cool series. That, yeah, that's actually the the com. I'm going so random, so off base here, but the Comtech chip collection is still my favorite uh, collection, especially the green one. There was only ten of them, so it was really easy to collect. But there was a couple of them that were really hard to find. I ended up having to just buy them online. But but yeah, I just remember the the, the cantini, the cantina, um, the cantina bartender was uh, one of my favorite figures. But it was kind of fun to see that bar again, and, and now they have droids. It's it's quiet down and. And they actually have they have the uh, uh, doctor doctor mandible that uh, sort of praying mantis looking fly crab looking guy, um, who uh, he's he's um, actually playing he's playing Sabak with uh, Pelimato in season two when when Manda goes back to Tatooine. So they 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 know I noticed they they actually use that they play Sabak a lot in this because when they first introduced Pelimato in this episode. She's actually playing Sabacc with the pit droids. Oh, that's right. I do remember <laughs> so, that. It's 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 kind of fun. All these little nods, man. It's just it's just something to make you smile as a fan. It's it's just exciting. Um it doesn't have anything to do with the story. It's just awesome fan service. And and that's kind of felt like this episode was really a fan service episode, but it still uh gave us more elements of the story that we were able to call back to later in season two. With like mm-hmm. the whole thing with Fennec, and of course the introduction of Pele Motto, um, the um, the character played by Amy Sedaris, she's like a comedian or something. I've never seen any of her comic, uh, her her skits or anything, but that's I, I I don't I only know her as a comedian. I don't know if she's in much else, but um, she did a good job. She was awesome. She had that real seventies look to her, the way her hair was and everything, and it kind of just made you think of you know the A New Hope era, you know. True. Uh, true. Uh, I thought it was. I, I thought it was cool. I, I liked her, and of course she's getting, uh, you know, season two. But I don't. Did you catch? I, I, I uh, as someone told me, and 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 I need to go back and rewatch it because I don't remember seeing hearing it myself. 
someone told me when she's uh, she's playing Sabak with the pit droids after um, after Mando takes off and he's doing his mission and and they see uh, when Baby Yoda first starts coming out of the Razor Crest. Yeah, um, she uh, you hear like a crate dragon sound, and that's oh, when they yeah. all, like, look up and they freak out. Someone someone told me that you hear that. I don't remember hearing that. So I need to go back and watch it. But someone told me, hey, if you if you pay attention when she looks up, that there's it's actually the original the crate dragon sound, the original crate dragon sound. Not yeah, I don't remember that much either. But because hey. they changed that one, you know. <laughs> so. So, when he first got to Mos Eisley, and uh-huh. he's just walking, and you see the stormtroopers on the 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 helmets on the pikes, uh, yeah. what do you think? What do you think of that? What are your I, first I, thoughts? Uh, like this is this is rugged territory. It's it's a western. It's uh, you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> it's, and it's a, kind it's of a little warning to the empire, like get out. Or Qui Gon, it's it's uh, you know, uh, Tatooine is a haven for those who don't wish to be found. You know, or or um, places like this are havens for those that don't wish to be found, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> like exactly. like us. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that me. <laughs> um, but no, that's just like that's just how ta- that's classic Tatooine. It's it's kind of apart from the rules. People go there to just kind of live apart, which is um, you know we'll probably see a lot more of that in the Obi Wan series. Um, True, actually. Kind of doing it's the Wild West, basically. People live by their own rules. There's no police. There's no order there. They just kind of, they just live, they live rugged out there. You know, it's, it's the, it's the frontier of space, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know if you actually noticed this. I didn't really notice it until this time around. Uh, cause if you're watching season two, you know, the, the speeder bike that Mando's riding. Okay. It's actually uh, a Calican speeder bike. She actually keeps it because oh. at the end of this episode, it's parked in front. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that that's cool. Did, so that's did kind you of notice? One quick thing too, I I didn't uh, realize until this last time I watched this episode. You actually see uh, in the canteen it's showing some alien species, and okay, you see, yeah. and so you remember in season two the frog lady, how oh, her yeah. species is is supposed to be extinct. I, I I saw like a frog a frog like creature like the same exact creature in the cantina. No, it was yeah. her lion. Their their okay. lion. Okay. Not their so species, I, just their lion. Okay, with the, the family line. Okay, because in yeah. in the okay that makes a lot more sense because in the cantina you see a frog like creature, the same creature um, that they had come out in season two, and I kept going back to make sure it's the same one, and then I actually went and watched the scene from season two. It's the same exact species. Really, it's, it's a frog. It's a frog species. Yeah. So they actually, I thought that was kind of cool. They're, they're kind of, they're again, they're doing their own stuff, new stuff, and they're still doing callbacks to prequel era and original era and even even sequel trilogy era. You know, so it's it's just kind of fun. They're just meshing it all together. It's it's good stuff. True. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I liked a lot of the, the nods to, to the characters. Kind of built up the whole cantina scene again yeah not not as epic all they're missing was just uh 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 cantina music <laughs> yeah that was kind of weird it was all quiet huh yeah just <laughs> needed the muddled notes that's all you needed yep and it would have yep. been it would have been solid yep. um so after he i thought it was interesting because like um so he, they entered the cantina did the whole thing 
And Mendo's like, all right, I'll meet you here. And the guy destroys the tracking file. He's like, all right, now you got to work with me. He's like, don't worry, I've got it memorized. Yeah. I wonder what Mando was thinking. Mando's probably like, oh, man, what a clown. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's probably exactly what he's thinking. He's like, oh, my gosh, here we go. Got to get this guy. I mean, I mean, he, he kind of had no choice. But, I mean, he at, at this point, he's on the run. He needs to make money. Yeah. So he needs to, he needs to be able to keep keep uh, filling up the ship and feeding the kid and himself. And, and uh, you know, he's got to take jobs. He's got to kind of got to take jobs on the go. So what else is he going to do? Yeah, especially since he owed money to Petty Motto. Yeah, that's right. And he owed money to her, too. <laughs> he tossed her 500. He's like, oh, don't worry, I'll get more. Yeah. Yep. So. And so the yeah. kid's like, oh, yeah, 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 you can keep all the money, but I just need this job. That's all That's all it is. I just need to complete this job. So I'm hiring you. I like how I like I like uh, the camaraderie between Kelly Motto and, and Dinjarin. I like how they kind of uh, clicked. Yeah, they clicked really well. Like she almost, she it, it'd be cool to see her as kind of. I mean, she's kind of almost like an Alfred character of the star of the Mando verse. You know, like she's kind of got the. She's just kind of there to help and be his support here and there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. I love I love all the the references and and all the uh, the fanfare. It's 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 it was a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah. What did you, what did you think about this episode, man? All in all. Overall, I thought this was a really fun episode. I really enjoyed the, uh, I mean, it was a little slow in the beginning, but I enjoyed like a lot of the callbacks. And then once they actually got onto the mission, they're like riding the speeder bikes and then they get to the, their actual target. They see just the, the do back, just dragging this failed bounty hunter that was going after Fennec. So I thought that was really cool. Well, I love I love another thing about Mandalorian. You said in the previous uh, episodes we talked about, I just love exploring places we already know, but we get to see more of it. Um, often with new movies, we get to see we see new places, new species, and it's fun to go back to places like Tatooine and see other other areas that we haven't like necessarily been to. But if we have, we get to see more of them. And, right. And, and sometimes I, I enjoy that even more than seeing new places because it's just you know as a fan growing up and seeing these places, you only get so much of them in the movies and you always hear about other places and, and you don't get to see a lot of it. And it's just fun to see more. So that's one thing I like about episodes like this. It's just a fun little, um, you know, exploring fan service sort of episode um, with, with some action and some, some story drive too, but it, it was definitely a solid episode. I, I enjoyed this one more than the last one personally. Uh, it, it'd probably be at, at, at this point, if I could rate it, it's probably my my like second. I I probably say second least favorite because I liked, I definitely liked the third episode the best so far of the episodes. Yeah. Um, and then I'd probably say the first episode would be my second favorite. Then maybe the third, the fifth, and then the fourth. Um, you, you know, but uh, I don't know. What what do you what about you? How would you rank this one? Uh, honestly, probably one of my least favorites of the 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 season. Of the season is this? Is you say this is your least favorite of the five so far? Of the, well, maybe Sanctuary. Uh, no, I actually quite enjoyed Sanctuary. But, yeah, I might say the the least of the five so far. You know, the um, one one quick note, too, I noticed is when he had the binoculars and they were looking out and you see the, you see the, uh, the, the Banthas kind of just sitting there. They had the callback to A New Hope when Luke's looking out on the binoculars and you just see the Banthas. And then, um, you know, when he's like, oh, there's... Um, you know, there's there's no sand. Uh, you know, other oh, sand people, right? I can see one of them now. And then all of a sudden, one's like right there. 
Oh, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, they had that callback when they were looking at the Banthas kind of parked and, and just sitting there and with their harnesses on. And then all of a sudden, turn around, there's a Tuscan Raider right there. And you kind of jump. It's kind of a jumping moment, except it doesn't obviously go crazy. But it's it's funny. It's funny how in this series they're making the, you know, in just this new generation of Star Wars, they're making the Tuscan Raiders to be like good people. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Like the, we learn a little bit more about them. It's like, oh, well, from the Tuscan Raiders, from the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. It's like everybody else is the the invader, and they're the locals. And I, I'm not so sure, like, how much I agree with that. It, it, it's cool. It's a it's a different view. I get it. But in the prequels, they took Shmi, and they tortured her and killed her just for the heck of it. Well, I mean, you gotta look at it this way. Like, if think about it, like the Tusk Raiders view this place as their home, and if you look at Nightfall the Republic, I think they're kind of like pulling a little bit to that that origin of them that sure. the planet used to be lush and green and used to be like this place and then everybody just starts coming in with their ships and just completely just destroys the, the atmosphere and the whole environment kind of has so, a almost sounds like a v, uh, uh, it may, maybe a call to the whole global warming thing maybe with uh, pollution of the earth and people are occupying the earth and industry and taking over every every uh, natural spot of the earth and and uh, you know, people are worried about it sort of burning out over time, almost yeah. almost like a like a Venus that so so Venus basically has that kind of run runaway greenhouse effect where it just it's uh, it's just too hot to be there now. There's it's vacant. There's nothing going on there. People are worried that that's going to be the Earth one day. Maybe that was kind of a, a something happened to Tatooine at one point. Beautiful planet. People occupy it, suck up all the energy and the you know pollute it and. Before we know it, it strips its atmosphere, and uh, except Tatooine actually has an atmosphere, I would imagine, because you can still live in it. <laughs> That's kind of an interesting, um, like, like, uh, like. So this is this is from the Knights of the Old Republic, right? You see it as a green, yeah. Blush, sort yeah, of. that's yeah, that's Legends canon. It's not anything that they've really pulled into sure. uh, Disney's canon. But they're kind of slowly putting little pieces of Legends uh, as we go on, if you notice. They're they're having, even uh, Calican had that sort of Dash Rendar feel to him, didn't he? Not as cool, but <laughs> yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking. I don't know if that's what they're going for, but I, that's what he kind of reminded me of when I when I saw it as well. Yeah, um, everything. I'm I'm, but they did mention Dash Rendar at uh, what do call it in Disneyland back when mm. they opened up. Uh, Galaxy's Edge, or I think that was kind of like a rumor or something. But I would love to see Dash Rush Rendar make a, an appearance. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool Legends characters they can still bring out. And we talked about before these shows uh, where they're taking place. It's still possible. I I still want to see Mary Jade. She was my favorite character. Or oh yeah, they definitely won't have Jason Jason Solo, uh, Darth Cadus, and. Jaina Solo, they were probably a couple of my favorites too, from from mm-hmm. the Legends books. Uh, what's now Legends, but Mary Jade is my favorite Legends character, the the OG purple lightsaber saber wielder. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think eventually they'll 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 bring those characters in at some point, maybe in the yeah. comments because because that's what they're doing with the uh, Dirge. I don't know if you heard they're going to be bringing them yeah. back in the comics, which they they actually have. Um, we, we we forgot to 
We forgot to mention news, but uh, they got the all the extra Star Wars material coming to Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we have hopefully the, they're going to consider that canon. The the uh, Samurai Jack version Clone Wars, which I I don't know if you've watched it recently, but I actually watched the first season and a and a little bit of the second season, and you can watch the whole first season in an hour, and it's incredible. It's it's super cool. That whole fight scene with Luke and Asajj Ventress on Yavin 4 is way cool, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to see that again. Um, Jumping back into a cool battle, I actually really like this whole sniper fight that they did with Fennec and Fett and Calican. Yeah, that was that was fun. And I like how they they had to like sit there and wait out the night. They're like, uh, she's got the high ground, so she's not going to move until we make a move. So let's wait wait till night, and then we'll make our our strike. Mm -hmm. And so I like how they kind of rushed her. I thought that was actually pretty intense and pretty uh pretty insane. Yeah, and then I I like how uh I like I like how Mando's sort of like an animal trainer too. Like he'll ride the the blurg and and then he rides the he's riding the bantha and he just he's just kind of a um you know he takes out the crate dragon he's just he's he's good with the beasts <laughs> he's a beast wild wild beast trainer guy basically <laughs> he's just like a, he's a renaissance man he's just good at everything pretty much and he struggled with the blurg in the beginning and once he becomes a blurg master it's like oh yeah so yeah so this episode was was pretty good um. I'm sure there's a lot more that we probably didn't touch upon, but uh, a lot of cool stuff in this episode. We can't wait to jump into the next episodes. Um, yeah, especially so, seven and eight. I love I love seven and eight a lot. Yeah, we had to cut this one short. We we're kind of running a little bit out of time, but um, just don't forget to check the links in the bio where you can follow us on Instagram, and you guys can continue to talk and discuss everything that we saw in this episode, things we missed, things you guys liked. Uh, just be sure to comment or you can even join our Discord where you can talk to us directly. Uh, we've got a great community there that it's thriving with conversation and they talk about everything you can think of. Um, also, if you want to show a little bit of your support, be sure to uh, check out our shop. Get some of our awesome shirts that we we uh, spent a little bit of time designing. So uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Uh, this is Echo 2 out. And this is Echo 5, out. May the force be with you. Always.